Welcome, everybody, to episode 97 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I am your host, uh, Brad Hoodie, and with me is uh, the amazing Steve J. Ray. It's always great when Steve can be on. Uh, Steve, say hello. Oh, thank you for calling me amazing. That's a very yes. rare thing. Most people just uh, call me, oh, God, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to be back and always a joy to talk to you my friend an absolute pleasure and we've got some good news this week haven't we well starting off with some bad news but we've got some good news yeah we've got uh we've got some movie news we've got some tv streaming news uh some comic news and even some toy news but to start out we got we do indeed have some some sad news with uh, the passing of uh, wrestler and actor Tommy Tiny Lister, who uh, DC fans will remember as uh, a prisoner on the ferry in uh, in uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, so, Steve, what was your what was your take on this? Oh, as a wrestling fan and as a movie fan, this is really sad because this guy was larger than life, a huge cuddly teddy bear, but an athlete, a performer, someone with a lot of charisma, and a lot of talent. I mean, his role in Dark Knight may have been small, but it was pivotal. And, and to me, it's still one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, because if anyone remembers, if you're not too familiar with the actor, Remember the scene on the ferry with the two bombs where the Joker's pitted a, a ship full of convicts uh, and a ship full of like normal Gotham residents and one has to destroy the other and if they don't, they both die. And the convict, literally, who you'd think is a criminal, you think would blow the other ship up with no hesitation, just grabs the destination and throws it out the window. And it's a brilliant moment and a real ha-ha, point you in the face and laugh at you moment to the Joker. And I'll never forget it. He was a great actor. I was sitting in wrestling, a rivalry with Hulk Hogan, one of the all-time legends of the industry. And it's a sad, sad day. All I can do is send out our love and condolences to his family, his friends, his loved ones, and everyone who worked with him. What about you, Brad? What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I agree that that was a pivotal scene. I think that that scene is kind of when the tables start to turn on the Joker and uh, was, was very important. And... Uh, you know, I, I think that as much as I love Dark Knight and I liked him in Dark Knight, I, I, I think the one thing that sticks out to me is his role as Debo in, in Friday, in the Friday movies. Um, but he was just one of those kind of wrestlers that had that crossover capacity to, uh, to go to film and, and be this kind of likable, um, but big hulking guy and uh yeah it, it it is a loss it's like 2020 just keeps keeps punching us in the gut and this was just just you know just one of those moments and you know just you know w- wish sympathy to his his family and friends and you know it's it, it's 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 a big loss and with that said news we will continue on into the movie news this week uh wonder woman did receive a new teaser at CCXP. Uh, so what, what, what did you think of this trailer, Steve? You know, anytime I see anything new about Wonder Woman, I just get happy. And while it's not a lot of new stuff, it is fleshed out uh, and some great effects moments with her using her lasso and riding the lightning and catching a, a ride on a plane and 
lovely moments between her and Steve, a flash of a shot with with Cheetah. But what what intrigues me the most is that new montage with um, Hippolyta narrating in the background. And that always fills me with instant dread. Whenever you get a large character like Hippolyta narrating, that just always or, or invariably leads to that character not surviving the film. And I hope that is not the case because... I love the actress. I love the character, but um, I'm just really excited, but still really, really terrified because I want to see it on the big screen. I need to go back into a movie theater, but I'm still a little bit anxious about it. So I'm so torn because this trailer and all the everything else we've seen for it does get me excited. So, oh, I'm just torn, torn, torn. What about you, Brad? Uh, yeah, I... I... I kind of felt the same way about the the scene with Sibylita that we hope that we don't that we don't lose her in this movie, and you know I just uh, you know I, I would love to see it in the on the big screen and maybe I will now I, I mentioned on the podcast before that the movie theater in my town I've been okay going there because it's they're really small theaters and every time I've gone it's either been just me or me and one person sitting way far away from me so. Um, that I'd be okay with. Um, but overall, I mean, I, this Christmas is just going to be a very strange Christmas. Um, on a personal level, this will be the first Christmas very that I'm not strange. going. Yeah. I'm not going back to where I'm from in Ohio to be with mm. my family. And it's going to be very strange. First time in my whole life that that hasn't happened. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to being able to watch wonder woman on Christmas day. That's going to be my like, you know, since I can't be with my family, at least I can watch Wonder Woman. So I think that that I will probably end up watching it on HBO Max, but I, I will try to hit it in, in the theater as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just it, there's part of me that is very thankful that we are getting it this year, you know, that we that it didn't get pushed back yet again. And I, I'm very glad about that as well because it's quite lucky point, as well almost, cause, yeah i mean because you've got that hbo max choice where you are we, we don't have that i mean there's rumors yeah. of sky possibly getting is there an hbo warner brothers partner in the uk they've got like a uh superheroes movie channel a harry potter movie channel and most of the stuff they show obviously the harry potter are all warner brothers films but we're getting it in the cinema before you guys are getting it on the 15th or the 16th so this might be the one that does lure me out because we don't actually have any sign of a real streaming option here. So, ugh. yeah, that's a, that's a bummer, but you know, well, if, if you're going to risk it, this would be the kind of movie that you risk it for something that has to be experienced yeah, in the way that you want to on the big screen. So, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's kind of a, I think an, a shame that, the COVID situation isn't in a better place right now, that that would be, uh, you know, that that would feel like a safer option for more people. But uh, that's just, you know, it's just the world we live in right now. So, um, you know, we just have to kind of roll with those punches. And, I'm, I, and I hope that you that you are able to see it, see it safely. Thanks. Brother. And, yeah. <laughs> and moving on with the um, Wonder Woman 1984 news, it is going to get a virtual premiere on DC Fandom. Uh, what was your take on this? Everything DC Fandom makes me smile. 
Um, it's one of those things that's just blown me away from the first one. The second one was even better because it was better handled. But even with CCXP, all these virtual cons are helping um, us fans to survive a world without conventions. So it's it's great news. And the fact that there's going to be chats with the actors and the director and little sneak peek at the movie itself, that could be the final nudge I need to walk into a movie theatre again. And we do need to get the world revolving. We do need to get the world moving. But as long as it's safe, because we were mentioning before we started recording that here in London, I'm seeing some disturbing crowds in shopping areas. Um, horrible amount of people without masks standing very close together and that's what worries me it sounds like you guys have got it more together there in the states at least where you are but here it's a little bit scary but uh yeah uh fandom and a virtual premiere that's just genius it's fantastic it's the future so yeah i'm looking forward to it what about you yeah this uh I- i'm kind of excited to the for the this idea i think that um, DC has done some really cool things with uh, with fandom and, and they're utilizing it in really cool ways that, like you said, it is going to be kind of, uh, you know, an, an indicator of how things are going to go in the future. And um, pivoting just a little bit, um, what we've seen with our uh, friendly competitors over at Marvel and with Star Wars this past uh, this past week with everything that they they you know gave us news on uh, it, it's very cool when these companies can kind of control the narrative of how this this you know the, the, this stuff is done and they can really do that better it seems in the virtual space so I think that that DC has really used this fan like the I, I almost feel like that the first fandom con was kind of like the first bit of positive news that we've gotten in this whole nerd world, this whole yeah. this whole year almost, yeah. you know, because we, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a rough year for fandom uh, from comic book shops closing from not being able to be together in the community of, of a good con uh, with all the mess that was going on with the distribution over the past year that, that, um, you know, the fandom was was the first really positive push that got people excited again, and it's and it's good to see that DC is still still kind of using that as a as a tool, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I like that they're still using the fandom thing. And moving on to another bit of Wonder Woman 1984 news, uh, we learned that we will be getting a post credit scene in uh, in the movie uh so see what do you think of this i love those things um my wife thinks i'm a complete loon because when we haven't been told whether there is one or not i will actually sit through all the credits <laughs> and wait just in case there is and it's become a staple particularly with the comic book movies so i love them and the fact that we now know for sure that Wonder Woman 1984 will have one. Yep, I'll have a little spare popcorn right for the end so I can sit through the titles and wait to see what's revealed when they finish rolling. I mean, right from the first time I ever experienced a post credit scene with, um, God, it was probably with Aliens, 
with James Cameron's aliens. And it's only like a tiny little sound effect of an egg opening, which leads you to dread and fear of what might happen in Alien 3, apart from huge disappointment. Uh, but then we got it in uh, Lethal Weapon 3 as well with the uh, second building being blown up in the post credit yeah. scene for that movie. Yeah. And then yeah. most of the Marvel films are, oh, yeah, excited. What has Patty Jenkins got in store? W- what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm glad too, and I'm glad that she didn't really give any hints either about what it's going to be. So uh, I'm looking forward to what the surprises may be. I'm wondering. I I have a feeling that it's going to tie obviously more into the Wonder Woman trilogy or however many films it turns out to be, rather than something let's say ties into the Snyder Cut. But uh, no matter what, I. I I'm always mm-hmm. down for a good post-credit scene. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what she's got planned. And uh, stepping away from the Wonder Woman 1984 news, uh, uh, looks like Eva DeVernay has given us a little small update on, on New Gods. So what was your take on this? It was a little gif with granny goodness. That's all I need to see if that character's in this film. Oh, wow. We've talked about this character in the past. To me, she's scarier than Darkseid. She's brilliant. She's terrifying. She's horrible. She takes a human, guys. Um, oh, everything I hear about this film, and with someone like Ava DuVernay behind it, co-writing it with the guy who gave us that awesome Mr. Miracle 12-issue Maxi series. Dude, I am on tenterhooks for a, the, the New Gods movie. I cannot freaking wait. I am beyond excited. Oh, I, I've got no words. I literally have no words to, to this. So these tiny little teasers are exquisite torture, my friend. That's what they are. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Because, I, you know, I've talked how much that, I, you know, I kind of want to see this really happened so the more news that i get the more that you know she's saying that um and i and i like that she said that because of the pandemic she's had time to really dig into kirby's vision and i i think that's only going to make for a more compelling film uh whether you know down to the character design to everything i think that the more that they that they dig deep uh, i think the better result uh, that we're going to get so yeah i'm just absolutely excited for any bit of news that comes from this oh yeah i mean if if any comics creator's work can be described as cinematic it's jack kirby i mean literally the way he drew hands reaching out of the page to you his use of force perspective and things like that he was one of the most amazing visual storytellers ever and the fact that she says they're going to go back to the kirby they're going to use that as as inspiration dude that's so cool Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean uh, yeah this is just this needs to happen this absolutely oh. needs to happen <laughs> wait. moving on uh james gunn gave us a little uh update on the suicide squad saying that it is pretty much finished uh the cut is locked and they just have to finish up with some special effects and some sand and stuff like that so uh, what do you think about this Oh, <laughs> again, if Ava DuVernay and Tom King's exciting on New Gods, the fact that we're getting James Gunn 
the Suicide Squad. John Cena eating 34 empanadas. <laughs> so <laughs> much cool stuff. And it's locked. The final cut is ready. They just need to do the final sound effects, ADR and visual. Oh, that means this film is imminent. Wow. And what we got again from fandom and everything else, the full cast. But I still think there's going to be a few surprises. There's a few extra characters that we don't know about yet, which I'm really looking forward to. And seeing them in action, just what we saw behind the scenes with the little snippets we've had. Where's the goddamn trailer, guys? That's all I need now. Where is the trailer for The Suicide Squad? I need to see it. And with a Peacemaker TV show as well. Yeah, I mean... It's good news after good news after good news. And after the year we've had, hey, I think we deserve it. What did you think, my friend? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think we we deserve it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I want that trailer like yesterday. So come on, James, let's get this. Let's get this going here. Mm-hmm. Um, I But I, we should see it soon. I'm, I'm sure we it, what would be great is to somehow see it around the time i mean you know you see it for wonder woman so that you know the people that can go to wonder woman 1984 in the theaters can see the trailer for suicide squad would be would be ideal so you know so we'll see but uh, yeah. yeah and and i you know i just I, I i agree that we need some good news and you know i think that between you know everything that dc has announced and everything that else has been announced recently i just think that we are in for an absolute incredible next few years of uh of being a fan it's going to make up more than enough for what we've suffered through this year i think between you know starting off with wonder woman on christmas day we got future state and just so much stuff to look forward to that um i'm, I'm feeling fairly optimistic with uh with what's coming ahead so yeah absolutely and we don't even have to wait. have been the year of doom, but I think 2021 could be the year of justice. Yeah, yep, yep, indeed. And we're going to step away from our movie news and go into the TV and streaming news. Uh, uh, Catherine McNamara is still unsure about uh, Green Arrow and uh, the Canaries. So what uh, do you think about this? This is a teensy bit of bad news because after that sort of backdoor pilot they had in that standalone episode in the final season of Arrow, I thought, yeah, this could really, really work. A team of badass female superheroes um, moving forward between the past and between the future and the present. And Catherine McNamara, honestly, she is great. She is the perfect synthesis of both ollie and felicity she's got the tech savvy and she can fight she's cute she's talented she's tough um i really want this series to happen and with the horrible news that we are seeing supergirl and, and black lightning come to an end which really broke my heart please let this mean that there's a future for uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries, because I, I want to see this show. We need a female-led superhero TV series, and this could be the perfect way to do it with people and characters that we already know and love and fans already invested in. So come on, CW, do your work. Let this show become a reality. What did you think, Brad? Yes, uh, high of mind once again. 
you know, with with the with the unfortunate ending of you know Supergirl, Black Lightning, uh, Arrow, there is a little more breathing room now for shows like uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries to to get some room to breathe and to you know be a whole season worth. And I hope that they do pick it up. There's there is um, there's still so many fans of Green Arrow and the Arrows show specifically that I think the audience would would be there and would follow it. So, you know, I'm I'm just kind of wondering if COVID kind of messed up the works a bit and caused them to kind of slow down on the planning of it because of everything that's going on. So, you know, so maybe as things get back on schedule, we can have some more positive news about this. So we'll see. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and not count it out, but uh, I do, you know, I do hope that we hear more about this in the future and not too distant future either. And uh, we got a new season two trailer for Batwoman. So do you, uh, did you like the trailer? I loved the trailer. Hey, I'm man man enough to admit when I'm wrong. And we all know that I was very, very disappointed when I heard the news that not only was Ruby Rose leaving, but they wouldn't be recasting a new Kate Kane. They'd be introducing a new Batwoman. But with this trailer, we finally see Jerisha Leslie in action. She's cool. She's great screen presence. She fits the suit amazingly. And the fact we've still got Mary, we've still got Luke Fox, we've still got Alice in the mix. And now we're thrown in mystery of what happened to Kate Kane. If they carry on the Hush storyline and him there with Bruce Wayne's face as well, then I will be happy if they do explain by the end of the season what's happened to Kate and if Javisha does as well in the season two episodes as she has in this trailer, colour me converted, I'm there, I'm on board. Yes, I will most definitely be watching. And one other thing, Brad, the Batmobile. Oh, mama, I'm there. What about you, brother? Yeah, that, that Batmobile was uh, pretty fantastic. So, yeah, definitely like to see that in, in action. And, you know, I... You know, you you were cynical, and I was less cynical when they announced it. But you, when I think of you, I think of Batman fandom, and and there's no wonder that you were so connected to the Kate Kane character in relation to the whole Batman mythos. So I totally got it. Um, but you know, I I still had my questions, and really, what won me over is just uh, Javicky Leslie. In general, uh, when she was on fandom, she was Definitely. so amazing and so eager and so enthusiastic. Passionate. Completely won me yeah. over. And sorry for the sirens in the background. But, um, hey, you know, you need New York. It's understandable. <laughs> I love that sound. <laughs> you know, actually, what I think it is, is uh, fire trucks taking Santa around all the kids in the neighborhood. That happens. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it won't be won't be too annoying as I before I can mute here. But um, but seeing her not only, you know, seeing her in those interviews, how great she was and enthusiastic, but now seeing her incorporate, you know, you know, be the character is just amazing. It's just bringing that all over, you know, from that enthusiasm. And it's just I I, I think that 
I think that she's going to blow everybody away, and uh, and we're going to get that Batmobile. So you know what could be better? So yeah, definitely. everybody wins. Yep, yep, absolutely. And speaking of trailers, we also got a trailer this week for season two of Pennyworth. Uh, so, uh, you know, as the Batman fan that you are, what do you think of this uh, trailer? Again, uh, when this series was first announced, we've mentioned it on the show before. I thought, do we need another pre-Batman series? But season one of Pennyworth, honestly, it was up there last year. Or, and, and oh, you know, it was last year. Yes, it was 2019 that came out. Wow. Um, that series, um, along with Watchmen and The Mandalorian, really was like one of my absolute tv highlights i loved it and this new trailer with thomas swain saying he's engaged um getting a slap from martha the whole thing with england's messed up um we're all going to america the future is happening everything's moving forward everything's starting to go towards what we know but again all our favorite villains from season one are there too um i I love pennyworth it was a great grown-up show with action horror thrills spills and so damn british it made me proud um so yeah i can't wait to see season two what about you brad yeah one thing that i liked about the trailer and i think the show in general is even though it takes so much of um like inspiration from things like you know james bond man from uncle you know and and that that whole british spy genre but it still looks and feels completely fresh and something new and yeah this trailer definitely kept that going, and um, it it looks really, from the filmmaking point of view, it looks really expensive. Like, this does not look like a cheap, tra- ch- uh, cheap show to produce. Uh, it just uh, it looks like it's really bringing its A-game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what the second season brings, and I am you know, really glad that it's continuing. So hopefully we'll get a, you know, a third season as well. Please, please, and, please. Yeah. And for our last bit of uh, TV streaming news, uh, we got to see the new suit for Superman in uh, Superman and Lois. Uh, so what did you think of the suit? Much, 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 much better. Wow, what an improvement. I never did get those weird, funky um, cape clasps. I mean, you being our man in the know, our (laughs) funky fashion fantastic guru of everything that's to do with clothing, you must admit that this is a way better look. And it feels more classic. It's like a perfect mix between your vintage uh, movie Superman suits and the um, Rebirth era suit without the trunks. So, I really like it. I mean, the Photoshop picture isn't that great, but um, if it looks half as good in the flesh, it's still a huge improvement over the suit that poor old Tyler Hecklin was has been wearing in the last few seasons of Supergirl. So, yeah, really like it. Very, very comic booky. What did you make of it, Mr. I know <laughs> clothes? Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree that uh, the, the cape class are gone and that's a good thing uh it is it's you know it's so 
it, it's really cool to see how these costume designers can see that iconic costume and still bring new things to it. Like the little touch of the red belt. And thankfully there's no, there's no trunks. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, you know, it's how they can put their own spin on those little tiny details is, is, is really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm really liking this. It feels, it feels modern. uh, Yeah. You know, and, and, and with a character that's been around for as long as Superman, that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. So kudos to them with the little, you know, tweaks that they made. It's, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think that we got a winner on our hands as far as the suit's concerned. So it gets my, uh, it gets my thumbs up. <laughs> hey, that's it. It's going to win. Brad said so. <laughs> Take that to the bank. <laughs> And with that, we are going to take a quick break and pay some bills. Uh, So uh, stick around, and we will be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Book, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. 
Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nerds. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fars. And welcome back to episode 97 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Flicking. With me today is Steve J. Ray. Uh, we are going to go into some comic book news. And Steve, I got to say, I was really interested when this first story came up, what uh, what your opinion and take on this was going to be. Uh, we, we now know that Tim Fox is going to be the new Batman of Future State. So... Uh, what, what did you think of this? I'm interested in your breakdown. I told you. We yep. talked about this a few weeks ago, and everyone was saying Luke Fox, Luke Fox, Luke Fox. And I said, mm, I don't know. Is it a strange coincidence that the prodigal son Tim is back all of a sudden, and he's sporting a goatee, and the new Batman's got a full face mask covering the lower half of his face? I called it, and for once, <laughs> it's actually right. I guessed correctly. Very excited because. Everyone knows Luke Fox is a hero. It, it's it's common knowledge. He is awesome as Batwing. And I am glad that he can probably get to continue being Batwing, his own fresh, original character. But I'm just as excited about seeing the wayward son, the black sheep of the family, Tim, being Batman. I mean, how the hell is that going to happen? It's already been teased. He's already made a couple of appearances in the main Batman book and in the Joker Warzone special. Listen, I am beyond excited. It's a great call. It's a great idea. And hey, John Ridley, fantastic writer. This is going to be one of my must buy books. I mean, all of the Future State stuff looks awesome, but you said it, Brad. I'm a Bat nerd. Batman is my jam. I am buying these comics. I don't care that we're going to get them a week or two before to review digitally. I am spending my hard-earned cash on these titles. Yeah, very excited. W- what did you make of the news? You know, uh, yeah, I, I this didn't. Uh, you know, I when you were you, when you had mentioned that before that you thought it might be Tim Fox. I. Uh, I, I thought that, that that made perfect sense. So it, it didn't necessarily come to a shock to me. But and I wanna ask I wanna ask you a little bit about the history of the character for a moment because I didn't realize that Tim Fox had been around since what was it, I think Batman. Oh yeah, Bonsai and, like, I wasn't like yeah. yeah, and I I don't know how I wasn't aware of that. I thought he was a newer character, so mm-hmm. uh you know, I don't know if there was anything in the character's past that uh, made it seem like like an obvious. Oh, yeah, he would he would make the the next, you know, the future state Batman. So, um, 
I'm just curious on your input on a little bit of it's the actually the opposite because like i said he was like the wayward son whereas luke was the golden boy did everything right um looked after the company was hard working hard studious tim was like a, a bit of a uh prodigal son he was like bad he went off the rails and he's only made like i think maybe three appearances in the past but he is a historical character which is what i love about writers like john ridley who's made his name as a screenwriter but who clearly loves comics i mean his first issue of uh, the other history of the dc universe oh, shows that i mean exactly that black lightning i mean i did find it a little bit disappointing that it, it dated itself by actually telling the black lightning story pr- pre-crisis that it was set in the 70s 80s 90s but that was a pivotal era um historical era and the way he wrote it and the way he got inside the mindset of of jefferson pierce black lightning and the way he saw his fellow justice leaguers in particular john stewart that was a real revelation um Mm -hmm. what a writer so yeah. the fact that he knows DC law to pick up Tim Fox, who's quite obscure, because he said, you're a comics book fan and you didn't even know he was an existing character. Um, so that's why I saw there's no way they're bringing him back in Batman 100 and oh, it was Batman issue 100. I think it was um, the end of the, the whole Joker war. There's no way they're bringing this character back just to be a, a thorn in his dad's and his brother's side again. This Garrett guy's back for a reason, and lo and behold, he is the next Batman. And no, there was no hinting towards that ever being the case in the past. It, it was far the opposite. You actually thought this guy might even become a criminal. So this is really cool, and I am so intrigued to read what happens next. So no, you're not alone. I mean, lots of people have asked me the exact same question. Oh, Tim Fox actually characters appeared before. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been around for a while. And, you know, I I do, I, you know, I am tossing in my mind, you know, you're talking about your hard-earned cash on what issues you want to buy as far as future state. And oh, but there was, there was never, never, ever a question that this wasn't going to be on the list of ones that I would I would pick up in the store. And, yeah, so, and, um, and another one that I am getting more, thinking more and more about picking up, uh, when it comes out as individual issues is Immortal Wonder Woman and oh, yeah. uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad and oh. Jen Partel uh, they've uh, given a little more information on what to expect so what do you think of this? Dude oh, I wasn't I was only going to pick up the Batman books but this interview has like got me oh man far end of time Diana's still alive the whole thing with the Green Lantern ring and Batman's utility belt is becoming more and more terrifying. Has she outlived her colleagues and friends? Oh, no, this is another book I'm going to have to buy. <laughs> this looks unbelievable. It sounds fantastic. And the fact that I didn't know this, uh, I, I thought all the future state books were tied in and were more or less set in the same periods. But the other Wonder Woman title, the Hispanic Wonder Woman, isn't It's completely separate. So you can read both stories and know they're not going to clash. They're going to tell their own thing. DC are doing something really innovative with future state. They're letting the creators go wild. And we just have to put the pieces together as how these things will eventually happen in this possible DC future. Dude, this is crazy. Yeah, um, not just Immortal. I think I'll have to pick up both Wonder Woman books because this sounds nuts. I, what did you make of it all? I 
yeah, it got me kind of excited just uh, in terms of the undoing being villains, but not necessarily villains, uh, hinting in some way about dark side. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm really curious about what this is going to be. And, uh, you know, when not not that the Sandman universe is tied directly so much into the DC universe per se, but there was, uh, you know, in, in, in the Sandman comics, there's this part where Death talks about how she's going to have to live through all of this billions and billions yeah. and billions of years in the future and everything dies. And, and she gets asked, like, what are you going to do then? Well, she says, I'm going to turn the light off and shut the door behind me. And I keep yep. coming back to that. And I'm like, yeah, yes, how cool would that be if death was was in this somehow, just in some kind of passing reference even? But how cool would that be? Because that oh, that uh, that would just be I would, I would just absolutely love that. So that's my nerd out. Well, I moment, did a but, yeah. podcast last week on John Constantine, and I quoted that exact same oh, really? line, Brad. So I'm so with you. <laughs> I need mind, to see it. <laughs> Is death going to appear at the end of time with Wonder Woman? Oh my god! Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, I would love. I would absolutely love that. So, oh, so cool. yeah. So yeah. To sum up, this might. This is looking more and more like it's going to make that list of issues that i buy mm-hmm. instead of you know reading digitally or waiting for trade or or, or what have you but um yeah definitely looking forward to that it's two months where we're going to be very very poor but it will be so worth it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh up next uh we're still on the whole future state thing because that seems to you know that's that's definitely um you know, uh, prevalent on DC Comics these days. Uh, the the writers are going to explain why Midnighter will turn up in a future state Superman story. So what was your take on this? I love this character. Um, Midnighter and Apollo are two of the best things to come out of the whole image stable and, and, and Wildstorm. And the fact that they're actually DC characters now and can interact with the characters that inspired them. I mean, Midnighter and Apollo are like reflections of Superman and Batman, but they're a couple. And that to me is just the coolest thing ever. I mean, could you imagine that? It's like every shipping fantasy ever thought of in the last 80 years by comics fans is actually real in a corner of the DC universe now and the fact that he's around and he's appearing in a Superman title and a future state Superman title a Superman title with Superman who looks like he's been in chains somehow again so intriguing so many little breadcrumbs that you just want to pick up and and nibble at and, and find out where they lead this is just fantastic DC we've said it before you and I say it a lot that this There is no better time to be a fan of DC Comics where the other main company, Marvel, has concentrated purely on movies and they've announced some great stuff coming on Disney Plus alongside the aforementioned Star Wars stuff, which I'm really excited about. But comic books, hey, if you're a comics fan, read some great indies and read DC because that is where the exciting stuff is happening. I am blown away and I can't wait to read all of this stuff. I mean, what did you make it? Are you a fan of Midnight from Apollo? Yeah, I am. Um, and uh, it, it, it still bums me out what's come out about Warren Ellis because I, I loved what he did with these characters. And I think that far as features, it just bums me. I, I, I loved his work and just, uh, ugh. but, um, you know, I, I think that it does because these characters, you know, Midnight and Apollo are 
analogs for, uh, you know, Batman and Superman, I think it makes perfect sense for them, you know, to, to show up in a Superman title. I think that, that exploring those dichotomies between, you know, Apollo and Midnighter being a couple and, and bringing Superman into it. I think, I, I think it makes sense. And I think it's going to be make, you know, it's going to make for some interesting storytelling. So, yeah, I think this is, this is going to be uh, another interesting future state title. And man, you're absolutely right. The, if you want to read good superhero books, DC is where to go. Absolutely. Hey, sure. man. And uh, we also got uh, news that um, Freddie Williams III, who has had a longtime DC exclusive contract, uh, is going to have a creator-owned series coming out uh, called The Bequest for Aftershock. Uh, what was your take on this? I love this guy's art. He is one of my absolute favorites. His work on the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy was stellar. It was absolutely gorgeous. He did one of the covers for every issue and he drew the interiors for all three series and all of it was just jaw droppingly beautiful. While I am sad for DC that he's no longer exclusive to them that he's moving on, this teaser art he's shown for his own book, hey, it could have been made for me and for my son. You know that Adam and I are huge uh, role-playing and fantasy game D&D fans. So seeing like D&D characters having adventures in what's the real world drawn by this dude. Man, if a comic was made for me and for my son, this is it. And yeah, okay, I've said it. In the segment before this one, indie comics are well worth picking up. This is living proof, listeners. If you want to read something different, something fantasy-based with some gorgeous art, um, this is something worth slapping down a few bucks for. I mean, what did you think of this story, Brad? Yeah, the the, the story sounds, the, the concept sounds really cool. The uh, Dungeons & Dragons fantasy world having artifacts and things in our world that have to be kind of protected and, and monitored. It's a very cool idea. And, you know, you, you're talking about how good indie comics are, and you're absolutely right. And that, I think, is why they are such good prospects to be made into TV shows and movies. And this idea, I think, would make a crazy good TV show or film. So I hope that I kind of I'm kind of hoping that. Um, it does kind of get made into that because I think that it would be an idea, an idea that would be intriguing to people who maybe don't read comics. So yeah, I think this is a very, very cool, interesting idea. I'm kind of, kind of curious Absolutely. about it. Yeah. Great crossover title. Wouldn't it be for yeah. fantasy fans wanting to get into comics or comics fans wanting yep. to get into D and D and stuff. Yeah. Really cool. And this could be another continuation of, Kind of, you know, I talk about the golden age of DC, but it's 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 a pretty good age for fantasy comics of all things. You wouldn't necessarily think that that would be true. Um, but things like um, I Hate Fairyland, uh, you know, uh, Last God, um, Conan being revived, things like that. So it's a pretty good time to be a fan of fantasy comics, too, I think. Absolutely. So, Adventure Zone, and Ameth- loads Amethyst of great specials and, there. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, sounds like there could be go right along with that kind of new wave of um with these fantasy books so all in all i think their takeaway from this episode is going to be that it's a good time to be a comics fan and uh 
We also uh, learned that DC has named a new team for Harley Quinn and uh, Superman and uh, Batman Superman ongoing creative teams. So what was your take on this? The funniest thing about this story is um, obviously we found out about it a while back before we reported it on, on tonight's show. And of course, as soon as I saw Harley Quinn, one name popped into my head, Kendra Hale. So I forwarded her the article and she lost her mind, bless her. She was so excited. Said, yes, because obviously we were all like, what? They're cancelling Harley? Is she 75? And Sam Humphrey's run was absolutely brilliant. But hey, um, this new creative seems, team sounds exciting. Riley Rossman's a great artist. Uh, Stephanie Phillips, uh, an up-and-coming writer, and a female writer on a female character is always a good thing if they're a talented writer, which for what I see of her work, she really is. Great news. And hey, Batman, Superman, oof, I'm sad to see Joshua Williamson move on because he's just done some brilliant, brilliant work. His Flash run was phenomenal. The co-writing he's done on um batman eternal batman and robin eternal um the metal tie-ins and one shots um i'm gonna miss his voice on batman Superman. but again the creative team they've got lined up yeah i mean how many times can we say it dc seems to have all their dominoes lined up and you're just gonna flick them over and he's gonna create a beautiful mosaic pattern on the floor that you just want to stare at and love and admire for years and years and years so great news the fact harley's coming back batman and superman is continuing it's not another title they've cancelled um great news all round what did you make of it all yeah see i i'm glad too that and and, I, and this is another thing i thought would happen is just that you can't especially with a suicide squad movie coming out you cannot not have a harley quinn book you know, absolutely it, it makes it makes no sense uh, she's one of the most popular characters going these days so it it, it it would definitely be a noticeable hole if you didn't have a harley quinn book and i i'm really liking that uh they are kind of continuing with the teams that they've gotten for future state to continue on so you know that the, these creative teams can really build on you know what they've done for the future state and uh, I, I think that that's a smart move from dc as well keeping those teams working on those books so it won't seem like uh such a change if they would bring in new writers and new artists and things like that so i think that that's a smart idea so yeah that i think that uh i, I agree i think that we're going to be in for some really good books over the next year and we've got uh some toy news this week uh starting with uh McFarland Toys has announced a new assortment of DC multiverse characters. So, Steve, are you going to clear up some room on your shelf? Oh, man. Listen, if, if I had the money, I would not only buy comic books, but literally sideshow collectibles and McFarland Toys would take over my home and then my wife would shoot me. Because <laughs> I tell you what, these things are just freaking gorgeous. They're beautiful. And I'm in a way, I'm very, very glad that I, I did stop getting action figures when I was younger because A, these things are not cheap, but they're beautiful. They're beautifully designed, sculpted, they're beautifully made, and they are so tempting. I mean, I don't collect action figures, I don't buy action figures, 
but looking at these makes me want to and again whenever i see stuff like this uh one, one of our co-writers on, on dark knight news um is a guy called max Byrne who does collect action figures and i don't know if you know that letterer sal cipriano is a massive action figure fan too and i whenever i see stuff like this i send it to those two guys and oftentimes they just lose their minds and think oh no that's more money i haven't got being yeah. spent but they're great aren't they and you know how i'm loving death metal to see these things oh man oh, so exciting they're beautiful i mean do you like the look of these things are you tempted well i yeah i'm tempted i'm, I'm like you i don't um i don't buy action figures but that doesn't stop me from like kind of living vicariously for people who do and and looking to see what is available and and uh yeah. I, I i think you know there's no there's no better action figure maker in the in in the market than mcfarland toys just the detail like we say it's just exquisite and it's just beautiful and dc i think with everything that's going on in the idea of the multiverse it's such a it's such fertile ground for them to be able to pick and choose which of these characters to bring to action figures. And they could be making a diff- new waves of these figures every six months and go on for years and still not scratch the surface of all the toys that they could make. So it's just, it, it, I think that that um, the team up between McFarlane Toys and DC is, is very, very smart. Oh, yeah. Match you made know, in heaven. It really is really is um yeah yeah these just are you know just just amazing and i think you know that it's been long enough that we've gone without a superman red sun action Mm -hmm. figure i think the time has come so that was kind of that was kind of it's gorgeous yeah i mean with the launch of the animated movie recently as well it's the perfect time Mm -hmm. isn't it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, looks like Iron Studios has announced a Dark Knight Returns Batman statue. So, what does our biggest Batman fan think of uh, think of this statue? Like I said, McFarlane Toys and Sideshow Collectibles, Iron Studios uh, launch a lot of their stuff through Sideshow. They you can pre-order them through Sideshow first, and this is case in point. I mean, you look at this statue, and you are instantly transported to frank miller's seminal dark knight returns graphic novel and the scene where they're fighting in the mud he stepped out of the huge tank batmobile to fight this guy who's younger stronger faster and meaner than him but he wins and he stands over his broken body in the mud and it's been captured in 3d just magnificently and and you and i frequently say don't we my friend that how these sculptors managed to translate these classic vintage evocative 2d images into 3d statues so brilliantly it's just astonishing anyone who says that comic book art is an art just needs to open that book and look at pieces like this and if you're not converted there is something drastically wrong with you i mean this is just a thing of beauty like i said if i was made of money i would have rooms full of this stuff i would have halls full of stuff i would have a batman sideshow mcfarlane toys museum of batman wonderfulness it's gorgeous I, what did you make it man because i know you're a fan of the classics as well you know you you hit the nail on the head um 
with the idea of how they take these 2D drawings and make these beautifully rendered 3D statues. Because what's what's so amazing to me about this one is that I, you know, Frank Miller's artwork doesn't come doesn't come yeah. across as the easiest to do that. Absolutely. And the fact that they did this so so amazing and so confidently is just astounding to me. And it's just yeah, it's just uh, it's just beautiful. I love the ripped up cape and just the you know the the wounds on the the suit. Uh, yeah it's just yeah it's just out of this world so if if i was a statue guy this would definitely definitely be on my list for sure oh yeah yeah for sure and our last bit of news uh prime one studios has announced a dark knight joker statue so what would you take on this the other thing that that, that astounds me at the level of artistry and talent from the sculptors and the people who make these things is we've already said that translating someone's art like Frank Miller, who's quite actually, you know, very stylized, very hard to make um, leap off the comics page the way they did with that previous Batman figure. But the other thing that astounds me is the way they can capture an actor's likeness in a way that's bordering on scary, where you look at this figure and you think, that is Heath Ledger. You expect the spirit of Heath Ledger to jump out and make that statue come to life and and, and shoot you with a big gun with a bang flag that's going to pop out at the end of it. This thing's astonishing. It's just, again, beautiful but haunting or hauntingly beautiful. One of the two, I cannot make up my mind. Heath Ledger's Joker um, is something that will stick in movie fans' minds and Batman fans' minds for all time. His performance is is something extraordinary. And this statue just, as I said, it feels like Ledger is alive. It's just brilliant. The the stoop of the shoulders, the look on his face, the way he's holding the card. It's just, wow. That's all I can say is these artists who make these figures, these statues, listen, it's kind of talent I I dream of, of having. I mean, I can draw a little bit. But these artists are truly, truly phenomenal. It just makes me happy to look at these things. And what did you make of it? You know, man, there are some of these pictures in this article that look like they could come directly from the movie. And I, I don't know yeah. what I could possibly say more than that to how amazing that this is. And, 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 I, and I feel the same way you did with the whole slash of his shoulders. They got his posture right. And even more than that, it's like they got his whole presence as yeah. the Joker, right? And how can you do that in a statue? It's crazy. Yeah. But they uh, they really did. Uh, this is yeah, this is uh, another one that uh, if if I was a collector of statues, this oh, would uh, wow. go right to the top of my list for sure. Because there's eighty odd pictures in this article of that Joker statue. I looked at every single one. It's that amazing. Yeah, it really is. So, and with that, that wraps up a another episode of the DC Comics News uh, podcast. Uh, you uh, want you can uh, follow us uh, on social media at DC Comics, uh, DC Comics News. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, wherever wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So uh, like, listen, subscribe. 
and tell us what you think. And Steve, where can people find you if they want to, uh, you know, inquire about your Batman fandom? Oh, well, one of the main places is on this wonderful show with you and our dear friends, Kendra, Kelly and Seth, whenever we can all get together. And also every now and then on the Harley Quinn show, which is going to be sadly ending soon. But I think, Brad, we need to tout possibly having a Stargirl show to replace it till it comes back. That's something worth talking about and thinking about. And also on uh, my other show on this network with my son, Adam, where we talk every week about Batman, the animated series. That's the I Am The Night podcast too. To read my written work, I write many comics reviews both for dc comics news and our sister site dark night news i'm also editor-in-chief to read any of that stuff just simply type steve j ray into your search engine of choice and that'll take you straight there or if you read stuff that's not necessarily superheroes any other kind of fantasy role-playing dungeons and dragons wrestling doctor who anything else like that look on my own sites um fantastic universes but please talk to me more than anything else talk to me catch up with me chat with me on twitter at l steve e-l underscore s-t E-E-V-O. Senor, where can the multiverse talk to you? I'm glad uh, that you brought up I Am The Night because uh, I should have also mentioned that we do have other uh, podcasts on the DC Comics News Podcast Network, uh, like the Harley Quinn uh, Mad Love Podcast, uh, your amazing I Am The Night Podcast, and the Spinner Rack, hosted by our own Seth Singleton. So check those out as well. And as for me, you can find me uh, writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, FlickyB1. So as we wrap up another episode, we'd like to end things by saying a phrase that everybody should be doing, and that is to read more comics. Until next time, everybody. Bye-bye.